On today's show, Patrick Beverly was traded to the Lakers. So who else can the Mavs target next? And what could Christian Woods' roles be next season? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Like I'm Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making locked on maps your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube but the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below let us know what do you think christian wood's role is next season I feel like some people are split on it, including maybe the two people on this show. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then we'll get into some rebounding. I, I pulled some numbers, and we'll talk about the rebounding on this team. If the Mavericks improve enough as far as rebounding, how much will that help them? We'll talk about that. And then uh, we'll get into some news, Patrick Beverly and all that. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com. The trade titan, the one we're thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, so I had first, uh, first T-ball practice. For, for you, for my son, yeah, for me. Did you get it off the uh, team? <laughs> yeah, they didn't check my birth certificate, but <laughs> my son's first t-ball practice the other day, and it's his first like organized sporting thing ever. He's four, and I was weirdly too hyped up for it. like I was genuinely excited. It <laughs> was you so wear, hot. Did you come wearing the baseball pants and everything? You're like the dad that <laughs> my son did though, and and all the other kids out there were <laughs> were in shorts. And here, here comes my son rolling up in his like pants belt. <laughs> he would, he wouldn't take his batting helmet off. And I'm like, oh, of course not. It's like a space helmet. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, Rome, bro, you can't go out on the field with the <laughs> helmet on. And, but anyway, I don't know what type of like sports dad should I be though? Ooh, That's the thing. Yeah, you have to make this decision now. And I don't know like when to like step in. Like he was going after every ball and getting every ball, and I was proud of him. But he wasn't letting the other kids get the ball to throw at the first. Nah, screw the other kids, get him out of here. I, I know, and I'm like, do I step in and no. be like Rome, let the kids? But no, he's this is his time it, to develop and and be better than everybody else. Okay, okay. So anyway, <laughs> it was it was a good day. He's he's a good good thrower. Got to work on. Uh, some things, but um, he has, good days. In the backyard, he has overthrown me a couple times, and I am I am six foot three with a long wingspan, and he has he has overthrown me, which is hard to do. <laughs> I did pull out my phone and take a few pictures, and oh, then I looked course. over, and uh, this mom had like a straight up like cannon with this huge lens on it, and I'm like, whoa, I guess I need <laughs> to step up my game. I have to but, borrow a couple of lenses. <laughs> It's good. That's fun. They're probably going to be better than the Rangers. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Patrick Beverly is traded uh, to the Lakers from the Utah Jazz. I mentioned it on Friday's show. I went over why Spencer Dinwiddie is the most important non non superstar, like non star player in the NBA next year. Mm. And uh, we talked about Patrick Beverly because I think he's the Lakers' most important non star player on their <laughs> team now that they've traded for him. Um, but Patrick Beverly was a player we talked about a lot as a guy that could be the Maverick, a Mavericks target. That if the Mavs wanted another guard, a guy that can maybe handle the ball a little bit, can shoot the three, can defend, if they wanted to bolster that depth a little bit, he could have been the guy that could have been a pretty easy trade. Dwight Powell, maybe Josh Green, something else. And the Taylor Horton Tucker, like Stanley Johnson trade kind of threw me off because they didn't even get like a pick for him or anything. I mean, 
the stock of uh, Taylor Horton Tucker has fallen. I mean, this guy went from it has tailed, it has tailed off. That is so, somebody shared the the article. I don't know who wrote it, but it was somebody who wrote an article back back a while ago. Of like, I don't know, basically saying I don't know if the Lakers would give up Horton Tucker for for Damian Lillard in like a package for him, mm. and I was just dying laughing. And oh, I'm like, that when actually that, happened with Kyle Lowry. That was that, that's real. <laughs> When that trade came across my phone, I was like, wow, like his, his value really did suck. And, but then I thought about it from a map. I thought it was a great move for, for Utah. It's like, Hey, swap out, take a flyer on him. Yeah. Take a, take a flyer on him. You're going to suck. So, and, and for Dallas, it's like, Oh, all right. Kind of a bummer, kind of a bummer because that was like the, the clean, the clean cut trade that shouldn't cost a ton. But probably don't have to give up a first and all of that. Um, who has more value right now, Horton Tucker or Josh Green? Man, well, jo- Halen Horton Tucker had been signed for a couple of years, so he had a little bit more money and years on his deal. Yeah, I don't know. They're probably the same. Because I was like trying to compare it a little bit. I was like, all right, Dwight and Josh Green, Stanley Johnson, Halen Horton Tucker. What's what would you rather? What's have? the yeah, like what? What's your what's the biggest difference in that? And I'm not saying that that was on the deal for, you know, or on the table for Dallas, but yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, now we can just really root against him, which is a lot of fun, and see Luca just absolutely destroy him on Christmas Day. Yeah. So, which will be a Christmas gift for all of us. But um, it was fun while it lasted, entertaining it. It was, and so now that one's done. Does that change anything about what you think about the Lakers? Not like as an organization, but as the team next year on the court. I was gonna say I still hate them. I was gonna say uh, probably hate them even more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, we got to see what they turn in turn the Russ to first into. If they if they turn that into like a couple quality guys, like okay, like you're, you're yeah, you're a playoff team probably. But for right now, yeah, the Patrick Beverly thing is like stopping the bleeding. <laughs> Basically, is yeah. what they're doing. No. Uh, so for the Mavericks, though, Patrick Beverly was somebody that we had talked about a lot as a, as as a target. So who are some other players now? Who are the players left on the board? I guess that the Mavericks could still target. Yeah, I think it still stays in Utah. I mean, I feel like I mean, I it was Winhorse McMahon. Um, I guess Bontemps the other day on Winhorse's pod talking about you know just kind of like deadline for Mitchell, how they think Mitchell's probably going to be traded before the trading or the uh, uh, training camp, and. You know, if this Beverly was trade was like kind of the first trade of them kind of sending off their vets and stuff, I think you have to stay in Utah if you're Dallas and you're looking at Jordan Clarkson, you're looking at Mike Conley. And, you know, the packages would have to look a little bit different because the money Conley makes over 20 million, you know, Clarkson makes around 13. Um, Clarkson's a better player. Um, Conley's the better, you know, traditional point guard playmaker set up the offense type guy obviously older so i'm curious of i'm curious to see how hard dallas will go after jordan clarkson like that's that's the guy that i'm I'm looking at for dallas that let me ask you this would you give up a first for clarkson no interesting if if it was dwight powell josh green and a protected lottery protected first round pick just for clarkson just for Jordan Clarkson. No, I'm not doing that. We have, I'm, I'm doing the we have Jordan Clarkson at home meme, and it's Tim Hardaway Jr. Like we, we have that guy. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk mm. about 
Jordan Clarkson versus Tim Hardaway Jr. on Twitter over the la- over this past weekend, basically on Mavs Twitter. And what I what I put my input in on the difference between those two guys. The only difference is that Clarkson has a lot more pull up game. He can he can get his own shot a little bit. He better. can create. Yeah, he can create a little bit better, but only for himself. He's only creating. He can get to the basket. He can get to the basket. He can pull up and create shots for himself. Tim Hardaway Jr. is more of like a create off of other passes and things like that. And he Clarkson's making less money. True. That's also that also has to be considered in it. But I'd rather just keep Tim Hardaway Jr. Keep the first because all these guys, like you start looking through them, like I don't know if there's many guys like that are just a role player that I would want to send a first out because the Mavericks need to load up on those first in order to trade for a star. Like that's still their main problem on this, and we keep coming back to it because it's so true. Like, don't just dink and dunk all these little first like around for these these random guys. Like even some people saying like, oh, they need to go get Colin Sexton. Like, go get like send a couple firsts over there. Okay, well then, yeah. then you don't have two firsts that you, that you need to send in a star trade if you can possibly do one this year or next year. And that and you have a window. Like you have a, your window is is closing to make that trade. Guys, the Colin Sexton stuff is like so complicated to pull off. Like I'm not even it's too hard. When I see some like when I see somebody throw that out as a rumor, I'm like I I just don't even like think about it. Watch them like pull this off and I look dumb. But like I would, just, I would like to look dumb. There's so many layers to it from sign and trade, hard cap, all this different stuff that it's just it's kind of impossible, but not impossible because it's NBA. <laughs> I think so you're telling me, okay, would it change your ceiling for the Mavs if they got Jordan Clarkson for that package? For basically like nothing. With that with a first or just with the with the first. With Dwight, Josh, and a first. And you're adding Jordan Clarkson to the bench with Tim and Christian Wood and Maxi. I just don't know if it solves the whole problem. Like I don't know if it solves enough of a problem to me to give up a first. Clarkson would be, would be good. He would add some some scoring off the bench for sure. But right now they have Tim and Christian Wood coming off the bench as scorers, and you don't add a playmaker. He's he's a shot creator, but not a playmaker. Okay. I don't know if it's enough for me to give up like a real. I'm torn. Real I'm torn on it because I think he would raise the ceiling. I think his creation, because like Tim's not not a creator. No. Like you're not gonna give the ball to Tim and say, Hey, go, go get a bucket. You can run plays for Tim, but you gotta, you gotta create those, right? He- yeah. 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 And Jordan Clarkson would, would relieve Dinwiddie and Luca as far as like handling the ball. I, th- I think it would raise the ceiling for the Mavs. Like if they went out and got Jordan Clarkson for that deal, I think I would say, write me in for a top four team in the West. That's the difference. I think so. Just adding that one guy, just adding Jordan Clarkson, even no because matter I what he looked like in the playoffs. I think you have one of the best benches in like like you're you're gonna have those three guys coming off the bench, Clarkson, Tim, and you know, Christian Wood with Maxi as a stretch like a stretch four, stretch five. Like that's now you have a rotation. Like you're talking Dinwiddie, Luca, Reggie, Dorian, Javel. You got a bunch of dudes. And- you have a solid eight man rotation at that point, you know, Maxi making a nine, you know, nine man rotation. So now obviously you got to make the pieces fit and stuff, but, and who knows, like maybe you make that trade and you try to trade Tim later on for a, a better piece. But I think Clarkson would fit well. And I think he'd be good on this team coming up. I want to talk about this a little bit more. Cause it sounds like we're on different sides of this. And so let's talk about the possibility Clarkson, uh, we mentioned Conley a little bit, then Bogdanovich, and then we'll get into Christian Wood and what his role could be coming off the bench for the Mavs. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you 
that uh oh, hold on. Open, open, open. All right. Are you one of those people that thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction time is way slowed down when we're high. You don't you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, you'll get a DUI. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk a little bit more about this Jordan Clarkson thing because I, I think that we're on opposite ends of this. You're super high on adding Jordan Clarkson, and I think that I think they have scoring off the bench. They don't have creation off the bench, but just that shot creation is enough for you to even vault the Mavericks to a, to a, to the next level of where you expect them to be next season. I do. I just don't like. What's the other options? Like, it, like if you're stacking this up against something else, and you're saying. I'm in the camp that you have to go for it with Luka Doncic. Like yep. you have you have to. Yep. But I'm also in the camp that I'm gonna contradict myself that you- your main goal right now should be to go get a num- the number two guy. Yeah. And in order to get the number two guy, you gotta have your first round picks and all that stuff. Um so like so for you, would you prefer Mike Conley as a jazz target now? So here's the thing. So so Clarkson You're is- not giving up a first for Conley. No. Clarkson is $13.3 million this upcoming season. $14 million player option second year. Conley is $22.7 million this season. So about $9 million more than, than Clarkson. But a non-guaranteed $24 million in the second year. So you can make some stuff work out and you're not, you're not losing as much. I think I would rather have Conley's skill set. I, I I would need to check to see if he's as washed as he looked in the playoffs because, man, that was brutal. But I, I think I would rather have his skill set than than have Clarkson's at this point on the team if I would just if I'm just picking one for one. Although Clarkson did average like he averaged 17 points a game the last three years in the playoffs. Get um, buckets, yeah. Um, 24, the 24 games in the playoffs for the Jazz over the last three years, and he averaged 17.3 points. Shot you know 35 from three on seven threes, and those are all threes that he's like making himself and all yeah. that. So like, yeah, you are adding a good player and you're adding something the Mavericks don't necessarily have in that skill set. The thing with Utah, when it comes to Mike Conley, I've seen some Mavs fans be like, man, we got to go get Mike Conley. All right. Bertons and, t- and it's like, all right, listen, they're not taking like, on that money. Utah doesn't want to take on money. So why does you, you got to always ask yourself the question, like why would Utah do this deal? Or if they do take on money, you have to give them more stuff, right? It's yeah. the Porzingis deal. The Porzingis deal was, all right, you're taking on this. We'll take on Tim. We'll take on Christian or uh, Courtney Lee. It's like, okay, yeah. well, if you're gonna do that, then you, they have to. You have to take on more stuff. So you have to give them more things to take on that money. Exactly. So that's the that's the thing with Mike Collins, where if it's like bad contracts, you probably attach in a first. Then at that point, so if you don't want to do that, can you scrounge up enough, you know, expiring contracts to where it'd be like, hey, you can get off, you know, the next year of Mike Conley if you're Utah, if it's like Dwight and Maxie or something like that. And, and I, I just don't know if I'm going to give up Maxie for Mike Conley, basically. So um, we've we've talked about some other names when it comes to like point guards that, you know, I, I'm watching Derek Rose, what happens with, you know, New York and Utah with Donovan Mitchell. Um, if Rose is in that 
in that deal? Does Dallas hop in and try to get get Derrick Rose as a third team? Um, we've talked about Kobe White. You know, I don't know how much of a difference maker he makes. I don't know how um, what the cost would be to go get him. He's definitely cheaper. <laughs> He's definitely cheaper yeah. than any of these other ones for sure. He's young. Um, I don't know how much you're trusting him, like in a playoff type of thing. No, you're, you're taking a risk on him, a little flyer. Obviously, if you could get Alex Caruso, I would definitely try to go get him. But Also, Co- Kobe White would follow the 6-5 and above rule that the Mavs seem to have right now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, would you have any interest in Devontae Graham? I thought about him when I started looking through guys today. And, like, kind of, but... Uh, I think so. He he stepped in and, and played. Uh, he he just didn't play a lot in the playoffs for them. Like he just became he became nothing for them. Like he stepped into yeah. this Pelicans team and was supposed to be like this guy off the bench or or even the starter. Like he started what 73, 63 games for them this year, and he was supposed to be like oh he's gonna jump to this next level because he's not in the shadow of all the the Hornets like guards and shooters. And then all of a sudden he just like totally vanished. Yeah, I think I feel the same ways you um but maybe you get him cheaper because of that that's true it's true would you call charlotte and say is there any type of bigger deal we could do with, with you your guys? boy <laughs> i mean you know i'm always gonna try to get scary terry um a bigger deal with gordon hayward and terry rogier both of them yeah and it's like a bigger deal of like tim dwight here's my thing would you give up christian wood in a deal to get Rozier and Gordon Hayward. Because I only say yeah. that because the appeal to Charlotte would be to get off long-term money. And if you have Christian Wood and Dwight Powell in that deal, that's an expiring $24 million. You add Tim to that's another 20. You're getting close at that point uh, to where basically they would get off the second year of Gordon Hayward. We've been talking about this Horton, this Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier type deal for a while. Also, Rogier has four more years left on his deal. Don't care. Sign me I was up. Gonna say you're you're all in on it. Terry Rozier would solve a lot of problems. Gordon Hayward, if healthy, would also solve a lot of problems. Like those are two guys I think that would solve a little bit more than um, than the guys that we're talking about now. Um, I guess Terry Rozier is a little closer to Clarkson, like what Clarkson does. Yeah. As far as like yeah, a, I mean, a shooter yeah. get buckets, but Gordon Hayward can play make for sure. And so you're at you're definitely adding like another playmaker type guy. It's just he, there's just so many ifs with him. Like, are we really doing another like okay, if only if yeah. only he's in if only he's not injured. That one's a little too rich for you know there's that's so too much big, money. That's too big. fifty-one million dollars you have to you have to match up. Yeah. Um that's why I'll just circle back to Clarkson. I think I think it's Clarkson. I think it's possibly Mike Conley, Derek Rose. It's one of those three dudes that I'm I'm watching the most right now. I mean, we also talked about a deal. The only deal I think recently that both you and I agreed with is the Westbrook deal. Oof. <laughs> I don't know what to think of that situation. <laughs> <laughs> but our Westbrook deal was not to have him play. Um yeah, was but I was listening I was listening to was it I think it was Bill Simmons and and Waz and and Rob Mahoney. And they were talking about um, who's even going to take Westbrook. Who would even take him? And they were like, there's no team out there that has a role for him and a, and, a, and a setup that would make sense for Westbrook. And you know what? I just started thinking. I was like, all right. If there's a team that definitely has a role for him. Like his skill set, the Mavericks do have a role for him. Come on, If you can convince him, come off the bench and all that. And then, okay, 
it would be such a heat check for Jason Kidd. All right, first oh. first year, feeling good about ourselves. We're our culture. Oh. Our, our, our he two, would one hundred percent walk two, in with the hat oh. backwards, the flat bill yes. Rangers hat backwards. Our to two that words next last practice. year were chemistry and accountability, <laughs> and we think we can we can like literally the, the like. Russell Westbrook is antithetical of both of those words right now in the NBA. But I think Jason Kidd would come in and be like, all right, so I did this. What you're going through right now, I did this in my career. I was a player that did all these things throughout my career, was so successful. I went to the finals. You went to the finals. I was you know, close to MVP. You won an MVP. There's all these different things you could talk about. And then I started getting older in my career, and I had to change my game. <laughs> like. And then, and then I don't know if Frank Vogel said, could have that conversation, but I think Jason Kidd thinks he might be able to have that conversation. So you start talking about it. The Mavs have said no to, the, to anything about Westbrook so far. Uh, and even like publicly had said like a hell no through, through Tim McMahon. But it's just one of those where you think, like, is there any team that would have any role for him? And you're like, well, if you squint real hard, the Mavs have one. And then Kidd looks at him and says, why not? <laughs> That's the end of his whole speech. He goes yeah. through the whole speech. You play the Game of Thrones music in the back of it, and he's like, why not? No, we're done with that. We're done with that. But that, those are some of the other options for the Mavericks. Uh, you never mentioned Bogdanovich. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be great. I just, I think they're, I, I think they're still focusing on a, on a guard, and that's why I'd stick to the other guys probably but i think he would be great in dallas and yeah yeah they, also they, also think he's the best player out of all those agreed and i think he's gonna get a first and i i would assume dallas is trying to uh make this deal without giving up a first okay you're doing a first for clarkson or bogdanovich or would you do one for, or, or would you do it for both i think i would do it for both okay yeah not like at the same I, time i'm just talking about either or type deal yeah, I mean, obviously some protections and stuff on that. I just, yeah, you're trying to ride this thin line right now of you got to show Luca that we're competing every year. Yeah, but also preparing for that that next big trade for the second star. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Dorsey's success with the Greek national team doesn't isn't making you feel any better. I don't, he's probably more like a third or fourth guy in the rotation the other thing is he's not a playmaker either right so even if he comes in and you're like oh he's grown so much since he's been in the nba he's a viable player like no stop we're not we're not (laughs) trying to have realistic (laughs) i'm not trying to have realistic expectations for a two-way i'm not doing that (laughs) Uh, all right coming up let's talk about christian wood a little bit because you and i both disagree i think on what christian wood's role could be next year uh or at least the the different ends of it so we'll talk about that coming up all right, Isaac. I also I think I said all right, Isaac, in a Lockdown NBA episode last week to, to Pat. There's just something about hitting the hitting the button to come the bumper to come back. It's just something yeah. about that sound that hits it with me. Um, I was answering listener questions on Friday when uh, when you were out because I was I was staying out too late. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the questions from so uh, my first beer from. <laughs> From some, I was with my friends with their two little kids. And like, no. Uh, I was with, so so Samesh asked this question. What will Christian Wood's role be next year? That's his biggest question going into the season next year. And I was like, all right, let's tackle some of these questions. And so I tackled a bunch of them on Friday. And then let's hit one today. What will Christian Wood's role be next season? And I started to go through, but well, he's going to start off the bench. 
All right, who have been the most successful big men off the bench the last couple of years? So I just went like through the last like five mm. years. Here are big men. Here are just some examples of big men that average 20 minutes a game, starting less than 20 games. So they're like, you know, they're coming off the bench for the most part. Montrez Harrell is the. I was the, literally about to think the about biggest him. example. He was he was number his four out of his last five seasons were the top five in win shares as far as bigs that come off the bench. So like he's the most successful guy to come off the, like big to come off the bench over the, the last buckets, five years yeah. four times he, he's been high in win shares the other guy that was up there in win shares was demonis sabonis who came off the bench he only started five games in 2018 2019 like you just forget that wow his rise has kind of been pretty quick here even though we knew it was coming but he averaged like 14 9 and 3 assists in about 25 minutes off the bench which is just weird to think about now that sabonis was coming off the bench like that so you have Montrez Harrell, who's a scoring, not going to give you anything on defense. You know, we know what Montrez Harrell is. We played in the playoffs two years. Like, we know kind of similar is. to could, yeah, a little similar to Christian Wood, but Christian Wood's skill set is different. Yeah. Um, Demonis Sabonis, he's Christian Wood is not Demonis Sabonis. Like, you can't, you can't compare him. The yeah. other two guys that stood out to me were Mitchell Robinson in two, two, two different years with the Knicks. He came off the bench, different skill set, but he came off the bench and had some pretty successful runs there with the Knicks. And then Chris Boucher. For the Raptors, that one was an interesting one where he's coming off the bench and had some pretty successful years. Um, but the thing is, there's only like seven or eight guys over the last five years that are bigs that came off the bench for the most part that average 15 points a game. It's just really, really hard. Yeah, but if there's somebody that can do it, it's Christian Wood because of his skill set and the size and what he. It feels weird saying Pete Christian Wood. What <laughs> um, you know. There's a lot of talent there. Like, you know, somebody. Uh, oh, right. you're casual. <laughs> the button got stuck. <laughs> somebody, you know, after we uh, did our um, questions last week, one of our pods last week, we talked about like closing lineups and stuff. Somebody tweeted at me is like, oh my gosh, Isaac's disrespecting Christian Wood. He's sleeping on him, like all this stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I literally had Christian Wood as my third leading scorer for the team next year. Yeah. I just, we, it's okay to say, let's just wait. Like, they didn't make a big investment in him. I don't think he's the second best player on the team. Like they literally said when they traded for him, it's a prove it scenario for him and the team to him. Like this isn't a, you know, when the news first came out that Christian Wood's going to come off the bench, some, a portion of fans were like, this is how we're starting off this relationship. Like, this is a great start. And it's like, what? Like we, we haven't committed to anything to it. Like yeah. we, we literally, got him for the 26 overall pick in the draft it is a prove it scenario like he's only been good for a couple of years and he's bounced around a couple teams here so like in the past couple of years more teams before that but i don't really count some of that we, we've seen guys in the nba like the first one that popped in my head was like tyreek evans who put up insane numbers for the kings and then just couldn't play anywhere else right like there, there have been guys that are just good stats bad team type players. I don't think Christian Wood is that guy, especially he's going to be able to play next to Luca. And I think he's going to make him a lot better, but yeah, there have you, been guys in the past that just like, it doesn't work when they're, when there's actual real stakes involved. And I think Christian Wood wants to prove that he said win yes. a million times in his interviews. Yeah. And, and I'll be curious, you know, it's a whole different coaching staff, whole different yeah. regime kind of from the first time he came through Dallas, but you got a little glimpse into what they thought about him Whenever Mike Shedd was a guest on the pod, he dropped a subtle little line. Go back and listen to that about Christian Wood back then and kind of his mindset back then, you know, playing the game of basketball and stuff. So it's like, all right, 
How is he different now? How is this a proven scenario? To prove it for everybody, we know what he looked like when he's good. Like when he played with Houston last year, averaging twenty one a game, even you know, or two years ago, and then last year averaging what eighteen and ten a game. So like, all right, we know you can get some boards. We know you can score. Now let's see what you look like on a good team. Like you did that on a bad team. Let's see what it looks like on a good team with a little bit more defined role. You're playing with a superstar in Luca. Yep. But if it all clicks. He's one of the guys that raises the ceiling of this team to where like, yeah, 6'10 with some of the things he can do. But I also realize at the same time, there's a floor to this too. Like yeah. if you're telling me he, it flames out and he's just, it's not working out and they're looking for a trade trade partner in three months. I'm not shocked. If you're telling me he's the third leading scorer on the team, averaging, you know, 16 to 18 points and lighting it up and challenging. And we're having conversations. Why isn't he starting over JaVale McGee? Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked either. So it's just a wide range, you know? I'm I'm more on the higher end than you are of this. I think it's still Jason Kidd's move like pushing him along in these in these rungs. And I think that um I think they have to I think Christian Wood will will have a rising role. Like he'll, his role will rise as the season goes along. It will not it, this is a much better approach, I think, than what they did with Porzingis. Now, Porzingis came in. He had yeah. already been an all-star and and that, but he had only been pretty good for like three seasons or so. And so he comes in the all-star. He was hurt after that year, after that all-star appearance. And so that he comes in, and he's given the max right away. Like, no questions asked, nothing at all. And they're like, all right, we're putting everything in. We're trading multiple firsts. We're trading Dennis. We're putting all of this in. We're taking on contracts. We're giving everything, putting it all in. The, we're putting all our chips in this Christoph Porzingis basket. This with Christian Wood is a much better approach to what they're doing. Yeah, they're they're taking it way more safe love this it. time. They're like, all right, we're, we'll you'll come in here. You got to prove it to us. We got to prove it to you. And guess what? You're not even gonna start to begin with. Like, let's just start yeah. there. Let's figure out how you can play on a winning team because we already we already got this worked. We think we can just replace Javel McGee, who already knows all of our principles. With Dwight Powell and the rest of our rotation will just be the same, except for Jalen Brunson, and we're just gonna be fine because we already have proven we can do this in the playoffs. You got to prove to us now, and yeah. and he's saying the same thing about about the Mavericks is you got to prove to me and you know blah blah blah. But I think that that's a much better approach than what they did with Porzingis, and I'm interested to see how it plays out. Oh, I, I love this approach. Like I would be much more worried if that first presser when Nico comes out and he hands us the strawberries. This is our been there forever. <laughs> And he sits there and he says, this is the perfect pairing with Luka Doncic. Yeah. Like, he's our starting five. He's going to help us get back to the playoffs and play a huge role. Like, that would worry me because, once again, it's not a huge, like, diss to him, but it's like he's only had a couple of good seasons. And then we're not, we haven't even mentioned the whole, like, locker room stuff, all different, like, reports, different stuff. So it's like, all right, it's a prove it thing. They yeah. know it. He knows it. And and because of that, and because of all of that, I, I'm just trying to temper the expectations. I think it's a dangerous game to go into this season considering the whole situation and the fact that we're even getting a glimpse into the situation from Dallas's side. And we're st- like, some of us are still having this, dude, he's going to be an all-star next year. I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's just... I, I think when when you look at the range of outcomes for players on this Mavs team, yeah, I'm really confident where Luca is. Like I think it, it, it doesn't change much. I Dorian Reggie, a lot of knowns on this team. Yeah, we yeah, yes. talked about that. Javel, there's not huge question marks. Christian Wood is just like, I mean, huge. The, I mean, 
yeah the chain like what that could be is yeah it, it's very yeah let us know in the comment section below what do you think christian wood is wood's role will be next season what do you think uh what do you think his outcome is going to be like the the range of outcomes for christian wood is big so let us know uh guys thanks for listening to locked on mavs we will be back tomorrow we're going to tear up we're going to rank some more stuff in the nba we've been ranking backcourts we ranked uh, supporting cast, number one options. We're going to rank something else tomorrow. And then uh, we'll continue covering Eurobasket. We'll cover Eurobasket starting Thursday. We will have an episode around Thursday night, uh, Thursday afternoon maybe, to uh, to cover that. I get my scarf out. That first Slovenia. Oh, I got mine right, too, right here too. We gotta, we gotta, we'll cover Slovenia, and we'll cover them all throughout Eurobasket. So we'll have that all for you guys. Now go listen to Locked on NBA. Jackson Gatlin, great stuff, doing three interviews. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. So, boom, be Slovenci!